Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast. Are you ready to be changed? Well, let's go. To us now, may these be your words in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, um, I want to talk today from John 1, but before I read John 1, uh, I want us to look at 1 Corinthians for a minute. And I just want to kind of look at some familiar verses that, for me, I don't know. I, I, I am becoming more and more um, aware of, of uh, really the message that we have. And our message is so important, isn't it? Our message has such authority. The message is uh, what transforms lives. The message is uh, really does the impossible work. And the message really should describe who Jesus is. And our message is, is uh, foolishness to the natural man, but it's the wisdom of God. Like this Bible that we hold is very precious. It's very, um, it's supernatural. It's the it's the written word that describes the living word, right, in John chapter 1. But notice this in 1 Corinthians 1.18. Uh, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. And that, that's so edifying because you look around and you can see the arrogance of man. And one of the greatest lies of religion is that man is somehow good. That's, that's the, one of the greatest lies of religion is that man is somehow good. And when we understand who Christ is, the divine contrasts between, our, between his holiness and our depravity, we realize that anything good in our lives is based in Christ. Amen. It really is. And when you look around at the pride and arrogance of man, you can see that God is saying, I will unravel, I will bring to chaos the, the, the thought that man thinks that is higher than me. I was thinking of the Tower of Babel. You know, again, a good illustration of man trying to reach God on his own terms. And God says, no, this relationship is based on me. It is sustained by me, it exists by me, and if, it, if it's not me, then it's not going to work, right? Where is the wise in verse 20? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of the age, right? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, and it pleased God through the full foolishness of preaching, of the message preached to save those who believe. There it is, isn't it? I love that. Let's just read that again. It says, for since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews requested a sign and the Greeks seeked after wisdom. But this is the verse I want to highlight. But we preach Christ 
crucified. And I, I think this is something that is so, so beautiful, and it ties into what I want to talk about with John the Baptist. Uh, Pastor Sturge and I had a great fellowship about this, is that uh, preaching Christ. And religion will always define people based on their sin or their shortcomings. Um, but grace, what does grace do? Grace lifts up the work of Christ. And that is what transforms the listener. That's what... Uh, bears witness to the truth, right? Um, because everything else, you know, our world is looking inside for wisdom, and there's nothing there, really, that that will uh, that will transform our heart. We can certainly be conformed to the image of the world, but to be transformed, it's something totally different. So, this is what I love about John chapter one. Let's look at John chapter one together in verse nineteen. So. So think about preaching Christ, right? The social gospel. What is the social gospel? It preaches a cultured Christ, right? Um, the anti-sin gospel. What, is it, what does it preach? It preaches formulas of repression, right, that, that don't work. Um, but what I love about John, don't you love John the Baptist? John the Baptist is... He is representing the kingdom of God, and he does not represent himself. He is preaching Christ. Who is Christ? What is his nature? Now, I know we've grown up in the ministry, and this might seem very obvious to us, but I think, I don't know, there's a layer in my spirit that's been torn off because I feel like or that it's not so obvious to everybody, all right? It's not so obvious, there is, um, there is this idea uh, that um, Christ on our terms is acceptable. And it's not. This is the, that's why the gospel is so glorious. Because it's Christ, and it's Christ crucified that takes away all the offense and all the obstacles and all the walls so that we can have a relationship with God. And this simplistic nature of grace defeats sophisticated darkness. It defeats the intellectualism of man, and it really sets free the broken, the broken, and it sets free the humble. All right, so I love this. Um, verse 16, and of the fullness, we have received grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. I love that. What was Jesus' message? It was the message of his Father, right? But notice what John does here. And I, I, it strikes me, and, and it, it just helps us maybe understand this. What is my message? Is my message... Um, Christ and Christ crucified. Is it? Is, is there a cross in my message? And if there is, there's resurrection life. If there isn't, then there's no authority and there's no anointing. So what does John do here? And this is, this is really a kind of an example of how uh, Christ was treated as well. Now, this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites in Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? And isn't this the question the devil asks, isn't it? Who are you? 
What do you think you're doing? Makes it about you. Makes it about me. See, the devil is all, he's the great divergent. He's the great deflector. He makes it about you. Well, the gospel has nothing to do with you and I as far as sustaining it. But we are the recipients of the gospel. Isn't that good? This is why we are receivers and demonstrators. We walk out our faith, right? So I love this, the religious priests. This is how, who are you? And that seems like a realistic question, like who are you? But John never answers their questions. Isn't that good? Like if someone asks you, who are you? Like sometimes my son, when someone asks him a question, he, he gets really quiet and just stares at them. I mean, that's just the way it is right now, you know? Uh, you know, socially, that maybe that's not acceptable, awkward maybe, but anyway, sometimes that's good, uh, and sometimes it's not good. But anyway, in this case, it's good. Notice in verse 20, he confessed, he did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. So again, he's not telling him who he is, but he's telling him who he's not, okay? So you can see that John here is, his focus here ultimately is he's not talking about himself. He's not justifying himself. He's not promoting himself, but he's talking about Christ, or referring to Christ. And then they said to him, what then, are you Elijah? Okay, so they're kind of leaning into him a little bit. Like, we want to know who you are. So, and isn't that interesting? When you learn about who somebody is, you can kind of get an idea of where they've been. You can kind of stereotype them, right? You can kind of read them. But John, John was like that that piece of luggage without handles. I love that illustration. You ever try to grab a piece of luggage without handles? It's really kind of hard, isn't it? John here in these verses did not have something to grab a hold of because he was preaching Christ. He was representing Christ. He was preparing the way for Christ. And let me tell you, this is a great strategy in warfare. This is a great strategy in warfare. It's to put ourselves on the shelf, just a not even talk about ourselves and just go to God and talk to God about ourselves, but not talk openly with others. Notice this, it says, he said, I am not. Are you a prophet? And he said, no. So he's being difficult. It's like, come on, tell me who you are. Then they said unto him, who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? Seems legitimate, isn't it? I don't know. This strikes me. This strikes me for some reason. It, it's like, you ever met somebody that they, they like to talk about themselves? That's not an edifying conversation for me. I mean, we can rejoice about the faithfulness of God, but, but John here is, he is not going to give them what they want. <laughs> uh like the devil, right? The devil will say, why did you do that? Or you shouldn't have done that. Or, you know, he will, he will manipulate our flesh so that we give an answer based on the flesh. And it's very interesting 
the power of sin, the power of temptation is based on those areas in our life that have not been crucified or those areas in our life that are based in ourself. Like this answer, I was born this way. This is in my family. This is who I am. All that, all that is, is not Christ, right? Who are you, John? Who are you, John? Well, John answers it this way. He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Okay? He's referring to Isaiah, I believe, chapter 40. Make straight the way of the Lord. So, John, who are you? I'm a voice. You're a what? I'm a voice. And I have a message. I'm crying out a message. And that message has nothing to do with me. But as a recipient of the grace of God, I'm moving from grace to grace, strength to strength. And I'm crying out in the wilderness. So when the devil comes to you and has legitimate, a legitimate question, we can say, I'm a voice. I'm a son. I'm a daughter that's crying out in the wilderness. And my message is, prepare ye the way of the Lord. What, what, what do you do with that? Like, what do they do with that? It's like, who are you? What are you doing? What is your message? There, there's like more questions. And this is what the devil does. The devil just like, question, 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 question. You know, you answer the question with another question. But really, the answer is this. I am a voice. I am a vessel that's proclaiming the word of the Lord. So when the devil comes, or when someone comes with a social gospel, or with a, uh, with a gospel that's not pure, the beautiful thing is we can answer and say, we are just a voice, a representative of God. And I love it. It goes on to say, as the prophet says, now those who were sent were for were from the Pharisees, and they asked him, saying, What then do you baptize if you're not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? Prophet And Jesus answered, uh, John answered and said, I am baptizing with water, but there stands one among you whom you do not know. It is he who's coming after me, is preferred before me, whose sandal straps I am not worthy to loose. <laughs> These things were done in Bethabar, beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. And then we see the beautiful verse here, verse 29. Then the next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him, and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So, John, who are you? It doesn't matter who I am. It doesn't matter. It means nothing, actually. But the Lamb of God but the one who's coming after me, the preferred one. I love that, the preferred one. So just to encourage our hearts today, don't feel like you have to answer the devil uh, by defending ourselves, right? Isn't that beautiful? Right? Because we can have that negotiation or that conversation, and the devil will have more questions, or that, that flesh the, our flesh will have more questions. 
or our our uh, or the warfare will have more questions. But instead, it's like, who are you? I'm a voice. Well, what are you saying? Well, my message is grace upon grace. Well, that's not very practical. It doesn't have to be practical. Where's your solution? I don't have to have a solution. Come on, you've got to be relevant. It's very relevant if you're in the Spirit. Isn't it interesting? So it's total foolishness to the intellectual, to the natural man. But to the spirit man, spiritual man, 1 Corinthians 2, the spirit speaks deeply and interprets the things of God in the spirit. It is wisdom. So John was very careful not to commit himself to the religious leaders. Very careful. Jesus said it. He says, I do not put my trust in man because I know what is in man. That's why Jesus spoke in parables. Why? Because he knew what their intent was. He knew what their end game was. All right. Isn't that good? That's a good thought. So who are you today? Yes, we're everything that God says that we are and nothing that the devil says that we are. Right? Oh, but this and that and evidence of this and incrimination and knowledge of that. Really? There's a voice that is much stronger than my voice. There is a word that is much stronger than my word. There is a, a, there is a kingdom that is so much greater than my kingdom. Oh, that's foolishness. Oh, it is? Maybe in our finite intellect it's foolishness, but in... In God's perfectness and infiniteness, it's wisdom. I'd rather the wisdom of God than the wisdom of man. Amen? So who, who is coming? Well, I'll, I want to close one verse here. I don't know if it fits, but we were. maybe I won't read it. Maybe I'll just end with that. So the voice, I'm a voice crying in the wilderness. You ever, you ever been in the woods or in a in a place where there's nobody really hearing you or you, you're kind of lost or you're kind of wandering and you start crying out for help. Anybody ever got lost before? Anybody here ever gotten lost? Yeah, it's Pastor Fred. It's frightening, isn't it? And you just cry out hoping someone hears your voice. <laughs> you cry out to God, right? And this is what he's saying. He's, I'm a voice in the wilderness where nobody's, where nobody's knowing who the real God is or what the real truth is. And, and I just think all through the Gospels, the religious leaders, and by the way, Jesus called, he never called a believer a hypocrite, by the way. He was always addressing uh, unsaved religious people, but this voice is a voice of grace. It's a voice of truth. It's a voice of love. It's a voice of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22. And it is piercing the darkness. And it is piercing the heart. And it is piercing through and delivering people from sin. So today, our message is not an anti-sin message. Uh, our message, that might sound a little edgy there, our message is we have a voice that's Christ and Christ crucified. It's a voice of the cross that transforms the heart and deals with sin at the root. 
And that's why the cross was such a incredible uh, point in our spiritual history and really is the flag of, of, our, uh, of our faith. Anyway, behold the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God. What, what a great thing to say to somebody. I don't have much to tell you today, but let's behold the Lamb. It's a good thing to say to yourself when you've got all kinds of things on your mind. Hey, let's just behold the Lamb of God. What That voice, John chapter 10, my sheep know my voice. They know it. They follow after my voice. There's so many voices, so much psychic noise, so much, so much vain babbling, but then there's the voice of the preferred one that's crying out, like, like in Proverbs, right? Wisdom cries out in the streets. It cries out. So I'm just encouraged with you today. What is our message? Well, our message is the voice of truth based on the biblical Jesus, based on the God of the Bible. And I'm, I'm thinking about this because in our last mission trip to Atlanta, we were talking with this couple. And isn't it beautiful when you share the finished work principle uh, with someone? Then they think they know it, right? And you just kind of take your time and you walk through who God is. Um, and this person, I'll never forget it. They said, you know, I do not know your God of the Bible. I do not know the God of the Bible like you do. And I grew up in the church. And that's tragic. That's tragic. What voice of, what, 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 are, what, are they, what are they doing? What are they thinking about? Well, maybe it's religion. Maybe it's performance orientation. Maybe it's uh, behavior modification. Maybe it's, it's being so self-aware that you miss Jesus in the whole thing of it. John, who are you? I'm irrelevant, but my message is the most important thing. Amen. So, Father, we just thank you today. Help us to be a voice in the wilderness today that proclaims your greatness. And it's your greatness that uh, lifts us up, that transforms our hearts, that gives us wisdom for our daily lives. Lord, thank you today. Help us not to get into the trap of of like self-defense uh, or self-defense mechanisms or, or, or vain questions and babblings. Lord, help us to keep it simple and just present who you are. And that's where the authority will come in for change. Lord, thank you today. And we bless your name in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.